angles. And we've gotten to hear so far from Randy Brown, Tim Hewitt, and Ross Connor, and they have done an awesome job sharing their hearts and what God has shown them regarding restoration, identity, and adoption. And I even want to take a second and encourage you, if you've missed one of those, um, you can go to our website, ChristFellowship.org, and download any of those sermons there. Um, As we get started, I wanted to take just a second and introduce myself. As James said, I'm Christy Reisner, and I am married to Chad Reisner, who serves as the executive pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And yes, and we uh, we have three uh, wonderful and fun children. Austin is three and currently sits in the youth section these days. It's been fun to have a teenager. And we have a daughter who's seven, and she will be quick to tell you she's almost eight. And last but not least, we have Abby, who is five and a half. And for those of you with young children, you cannot leave that half year off. It, that, that's very important. So she is five and a half, and we have a good time with our kids. And I had the privilege of serving for a number of years here at Christ Fellowship as a children's pastor. And uh, last year, Chad, uh, uh, the Lord began leading Chad and I uh, for me to step down and spend more focused time at home. And it's been a real joy and delight to get to do that. Uh, in fact, I have been thankful over and over again for God's leading. And I want to just tell you this morning that His plans and purposes for you are good. And when He is leading, He has uh, a plan for you in mind. We had no idea the year and the life events that we would find ourselves walking in uh, this last year. And uh, it began with my husband having a major back surgery shortly after I stepped down. And for those of you that know, he lived with chronic back pain from a college injury for close to 20 years. And God prepared a way and made a way for him to have back surgery and have that corrected. And we were so thankful Personally, I was very thankful to be freed up to be able to minister to him and care for him during the very lengthy recovery. Uh, During the same time uh, that he was in recovery, both of our parents uh, who lived in the Great Moncaliville area, Chad and I grew up in that area, uh, they moved out of what we would call childhood homes. And we were able, because I was... Uh, had more time on my hands and didn't have as many responsibilities, we were able to help in a very hands-on way, specifically with Chad's parents. And uh, I was thankful again for God's leading. And then in December, many of you know this story, in December we received the devastating news that my brother's youngest son, Bennett Thomas Coleman, was diagnosed with a rare and aggressive cancer. And I'm very close with my siblings. And uh, they're some of my best friends. And so this felt as close to having one of my own children diagnosed with a life-threatening illness that I'd ever come. And honestly, I was caught off guard by the intensity of the pain I felt as we found ourselves entering into battling both in the physical and in the supernatural for the life of this little boy that we loved. And um, I want to—I actually want to take a second and pause here. I don't know that John and Matt... Oh, I see John. John and Maddie Lee are our life group leaders, and I want to take just a second and honor them. They did an amazing job praying and encouraging us through this last year and all the life events that we've walked through. Um, They, along with our life group and countless others in this room, too many to name, prayed with us, faithfully prayed for us, 
brought us meals, served us in countless ways, rejoiced with us, cried with us, and I just could not be more thankful uh, for this community of believers that God has put us in this year. And specifically this morning, wanted to honor John and Maddie Lee and tell them thank you for loving us and leading us so well. On April 28th, a uh, little over a month ago, Jesus defeated the, the uh, cancer in my nephew's body as he took him home to heaven. Amen. We do. We rejoice in this victory. Um, he gave him a, pancer, a cancer-free and pain-free body. And we rejoice in that victory, but we are also walking through grief as we miss that sweet little boy. And we rejoice because of the confidence that we have in Jesus who defeated sin and death on the cross and rose again and gives us eternal life. But I would be lying to you this morning if I didn't tell you that it hurt. It, it hurt to say goodbye to that little boy. And it hurt to see my brother and sister say goodbye to their son. And it was in this place, this raw place of experiencing both joy and sorrow, that I asked God, what would you have me share this morning? What would you have me share with my friends? And he led me this morning. I believe he's given me a word for you guys, for us. My heart is to share how our response of thankfulness in the joyful, carefree days in life and in the painful and difficult days in life prepares the way for God to move in powerful, miraculous ways in our hearts and in our relationships to bring healing, restoration, and growth. And I want to start this morning by looking at Psalm 136 together. You can open up your Bibles. I think they're going to put that up on the screen as well. This is a powerful psalm of thanksgiving. It's actually typically read as a congregational response. You'll see uh, in your Bible that at the end of every line, it says, His love endures forever. And for the sake of time this morning, I'm going to read through the whole chapter Uh, But I am going to uh, not say his love endures forever at the end of every line, but rather at the end of every thought. So Psalm 136 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread out the earth upon the waters, who made the great light, the sun to govern the day, the moon and stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder and brought Israel through the midst of it, that swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His love endures forever. To him who led his people through the desert, who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings, Sion, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his servant Israel. His love endures forever. To the one who remembered us in our lowest state and freed us from our enemies, and who gives food to every creature, his love endures forever. 
Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. Father, we pray right now, and we bless the reading of your word this morning. Father, we ask that you would come. And we are asking, Father, for a fresh revelation of your goodness this morning. Holy Spirit, we pray and ask that you would stir thankfulness in our hearts this morning to you who is good and whose love endures forever. And we pray these things in your mighty name. Amen. This is a powerful psalm because it is a reminder of what a mighty God, what a powerful King we serve. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and nothing is impossible with Him. And I can testify to the need for reminders of such as these when you're walking through painful circumstances. And I want to take a second and draw our attention to verse 1. We're going to spend a few minutes looking at that this morning. Verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. And I love this verse because it clearly tells me my right response to who God is. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Friends, giving thanks to the Lord is our right response to the unconditional, unchanging nature of God. And I've titled this morning's message, A Thankful Heart Prepares the Way. And we're going to spend the majority of this morning looking at how our right response to God, how thankfulness is our right response to Him. Uh, it, it, it is like a cycle. It's very much like the cycle that Randy Brown shared on a few weeks ago about restoration, how when we are responding to God because He is good with hearts of thankfulness, we see the Father respond back to us, both in good days and on difficult days, bringing healing, restoration, and growth in our lives through the power of His Holy Spirit. But this morning, I believe that before we can look at our response to Him, we have to take a second and ask and assess, do I believe in my heart? Have I resolved in my heart that no matter what circumstances of life I may find myself in, that God is good? Because this verse, give thanks to the Lord for He is good, is not a a conditional or circumstantial verse. It isn't saying, give thanks to the Lord when everything in your life is going your way. It isn't saying, give thanks to the Lord when you have everything in front of you that you need, or to give thanks to the Lord when everyone in your family is healthy. Though it is good and right to give Him thanks in all of those circumstances, that's not what this verse is saying. It is saying to give thanks to God because He is good. And friends, the truth of God's goodness is foundational for us as believers. When we're walking through difficult circumstances, the enemy is going to come and attack and lie to us about who God is. And we have got to have a solid foundation of who He is, that He is good no matter what to stand on so that the storms of life do not overtake us. As I was praying for today, I saw a picture of a square uh, concrete slab, very much like what you would see a house built on. Uh, But this picture, the slab had cracks and fissures running throughout it. And I asked the Lord, what does this mean? What is this picture for? And as I asked that question, immediately in my mind I saw 
those cracks and fissures begin disappearing. And it wasn't like how we would fix concrete where we patch it, but you can still see the remains of a crack. They were gone. And I felt like the Lord said that there are those here this morning who have cracks at the foundational level in their hearts regarding God's goodness. And he is wanting to come and touch those wounded places in our hearts today and bring healing and restoration so that when the day of trial comes, we have a firm foundation to stand on and we can declare in the fiercest of storms that God is good and give thanks to him. His goodness really is a solid foundation that we can stand on in the storms of life. And sermon upon sermon has been preached and could be preached on God's nature of goodness. And I'm not going to attempt to unpack all there is on that this morning. It would be impossible to do so because his goodness is an unsearchable treasure. It is an unsearchable treasure that we as believers have the privilege of spending eternity searching out and receiving revelation upon revelation from him on. He is good. He does not change like the shifting shadows. He is not good and loving and merciful one day and mean and vindictive the next. He is good all the time. His goodness never stops. It, does, he, it knows no bounds. He is the Father who loved us, humanity, so much that He sent His one and only Son to heal and redeem and restore us through His death through his son's death on the cross. And he is Jesus. He is beautiful Jesus, who for the joy set before him, us, his bride, endured the pain and brutality of the cross. And on the third day he rose again and he is seated in the heavenly realms at the right hand of our Father. And friends, he is the Holy Spirit our comforter, our counselor, put in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing the glorious and beautiful things to come. And he is good. And I really could spend all of today, we could all spend all of today testifying to the goodness of God. And our right response to this amazing God, whose love endures forever, is to give him thanks. And as we learn to give him thanks in all circumstances, we find ourselves entering into a beautiful cycle, or a dance, if you will, where as we offer up thanksgiving to him, he responds back to us, bringing healing, hope, joy, and peace in the midst of whatever circumstances, both the good and the difficult, that we may find ourselves in. And I don't understand it all. It is a mystery to me. But I have experienced it over and again, and I have seen it throughout Scripture, how God moves in power to our response of thanksgiving. And the main idea this morning, and this should be in your bulletins, is that as we live lives of thanksgiving in response to who God is, we prepare the way for God to move in powerful, miraculous, and victorious ways in our lives. One of my favorite examples of his miraculous power on display as praise and thanksgiving is offered up to him is found in Acts chapter 16. You can turn there with me if you'd like. Uh, I'm going to read just a few verses. In this chapter, Paul and Silas have been severely flogged and thrown in prison and put in chains because they cast an evil spirit out of a slave owned by a fortune teller. 
And in verse 25, again, Paul and Silas are in prison. Verse 25 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. And the story goes on. The jailer and all of his family um, become followers of Jesus through the testimony of Paul and Silas that day. This story is a physical, tangible picture of God moving in response to thanksgiving and praise. Physical chains fell off that day in the prison. And I want to tell you this morning that God's still breaking chains off as we offer up thanksgiving and praise. I pray that none of us here, none of us, ever experience physical chains binding us. But all of us have experienced at one time or another bitterness, resentment, hopelessness, hopelessness, discouragement, despair, hatred, attempting to enslave our hearts. And those feelings, those things can come at various different times and seasons in our lives, but they typically come from a place of woundedness and pain. The first point on your outline this morning is that thankfulness prepares the way for God to move in our hearts. Psalm 34:18 says that God is near to the brokenhearted. And you may or may not know this today, but today is Pentecost Sunday. It's a Sunday set aside on the Christian calendar to remember that God sent His Spirit to reside in our hearts, to bring comfort, to bring counsel, and to enable us to walk in power beyond ourselves. John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus says to us, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. And then in verse 26, Jesus goes on and says, The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. As believers, we are never alone. The Holy Spirit is always with us, enabling us to rightly respond to God. And I share this because in places like Paul found himself beaten, flogged, and chained, and probably not feeling much like offering up songs and hymns of thanksgiving to God, that like Paul, we too can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to sing praises and thanksgiving to Him who is good, even when we feel beaten down, oppressed, wounded, and hopeless. And we can see those chains of despair, hopelessness, and bitterness fall to the ground. Many have asked not only myself, but my family as well. How are you walking through the death of a child with such strength and at, even, and at times even joy? And I want to tell you this morning, it isn't because we aren't experiencing pain and heartache. At times, that pain is actually felt overwhelming. 
but it is because we are choosing to stand on the solid foundation that God is good. And in the midst of the pain, we are turning face to face with Jesus and saying, here we are, Jesus, and we are going to declare your praises and we are going to declare that you are good even in the midst of this pain. And friends, again, I don't understand why it works, but I can testify to in those moments, God has responded to me. He has responded to my posture of thanksgiving and he has brought unexplainable joy. And I say unexplainable because it has felt odd to experience the level of joy that I have experienced while also experience such intense pain. But it's true. He has. And he has brought peace that surpasses all understanding. And he has brought grace upon grace to stand and walk in the places that he has called us. And in the midst of that pain, we're choosing to offer up thanksgiving to him. And as we've done that, our circumstances haven't changed. For us personally, walking through this circumstance with our, um, my nephew Bennett, um, as I've offered up thanksgiving to him, it did not change the fact that Bennett's alive in heaven instead of on earth. But it has lessened the pain and it's protected my heart from bitterness and resentment setting in. He is good. I just, I cannot say that enough. He is good. Number two on our uh, outline this morning is that thankfulness prepares the way for God to move in our relationships. And uh, I told Jamie, I laughed this week as I was preparing for today. He often tells us how we get to practice what we preach. And I just want to tell you it's true. And I, uh, I asked my husband for permission to share this. Uh, I don't remember the details of it, but he and I had one of those um, opportunities you often have in marriage where you don't see eye to eye with one another. And uh, again, I don't remember the details, uh, but I do remember personally experiencing pride rising up as I was sure that I was in the right, um, that I had the right perspective on what we were walking through. I'm pretty sure defensiveness over my point of view was also rising up. And it was getting, you know, the emotions were rising. And I hate conflict. I don't, maybe everybody does, but I really hate conflict. And I remember uh, Chad got a phone call or maybe one of the kids called him, but he had to step out for a second. And I was left in the kitchen. And I, I was, God, I don't like conflict. I hate this. And he said, Christy, give Give thanks to me for him. And I had a choice to make. I could have said, no, there's no way. Um, But because I have experienced time and again God meeting me and moving in my heart when I offer up thanksgiving, I chose to obey. And I began saying, Jesus, thank you for Chad. Thank you that he loves you. Thank you that he hears your voice. Thank you that he loves me. Thank you that he's for me. And I, I, just, I, kinda, I just let thanksgiving well up in my heart for him. And as I did that, friends, that pride fell to the ground. Defensiveness fell to the ground. Resentment fell to the ground. And I was able to go find Chad and say, Hun, I'm sorry. I don't even know what it was we were disagreeing about at the time. And, and honestly, that didn't change. Our circumstances didn't change, but my heart had changed. And so, friends, I want to tell you that he moves in our relationships when we offer up thanksgiving and praise. 
And there may be times, there's, I know that we're not always dealing with somebody that loves us like that. You may find yourself uh, in a conflict with a coworker or a neighbor or something more challenging, someone who is not a believer. But I want to encourage you to go to the Lord. Ask Him for revelation on how to thank Him or how to thank Him for that person. But I just I want to tell you, He will meet you in those places as you offer up thanksgiving to Him. And the last piece I actually want to share this morning is about growth. And this is not on your outlines. Um, I've had the opportunity and the joy to get to spend quite a bit of time this spring uh, gardening with Chad. And so this uh, analogy is coming out of uh, lots of time spent in our yard. And so what I want to encourage you with this morning is that thankfulness is the best weed killer and the best fertilizer that you could ever find. And... (laughs) Um, as you allow thankfulness to thrive and abide in your heart, as you just, as Paul says in, in uh, Thessalonians, giving thanks to Him always, as you cultivate that in your heart, bitterness and resentment, hatred, anger, those things cannot take root and grow. And so I just want to encourage you that if you're battling those things, ask the Father for a revelation of His goodness and just spend some time letting thankfulness rise in your hearts. It's also the best fertilizer because it really does get, prepare our hearts for the fruits of the Spirit. Love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control to thrive. They thrive in an atmosphere of thankfulness. And so I just I wanted to encourage you about that piece this morning on growth as you're, you're going to the Lord about your own heart and on issues with, uh, in relationships. Ask Him for revelation of His goodness. And friends, just his, He is good. And as we rightly respond to Him, as we rightly respond to Him, He is faithful to respond back to us bringing healing and restoration and growth. And I actually think I did that sermon in about 20 minutes. And so we are going to go ahead and stand up, if you would. The ministry team, the worship team could come forward. We have an extended time of ministry time this morning where we can respond to the Father. For those that are visiting this morning, we love to take the last bit of the morning to respond to what God's saying to us. And I believe that He is here this morning and He is wanting to touch those deep places in our hearts. We all experience woundedness and pain from one time to another. And He is wanting to come and meet us in those places. And if you're here this morning and as I talked about resolving in your hearts that God is good no matter what. And you're like, I know that that's not true of me. I don't know that I have that solid foundation that you're talking about to stand on. I want to encourage you to come up this morning and receive ministry. Our ministry team would love to pray with you. Or if you're here this morning and you're like me, and you've been walking through some painful situations in life, and you just need somebody to pray with you and agree with you for, those, for God to meet you in those places. 
I want to encourage you to come forward this morning. And if you're here today and you, you know, the Lord is speaking to your hearts and saying, you're walking in bitterness or you've let this wedge come in between you and someone that you're in a relationship with, he wants to bring healing and restoration in those places. This is a safe place. We're going to spend a few minutes worshiping the Lord, but I encourage you to come forward. Holy Spirit, we're inviting you. We welcome you here this morning. We believe that you are here to bring healing and restoration and to break chains of despair, discouragement, and hopeless off of us so that we can freely walk. And so, Lord, we welcome you here and ask that you would move in our hearts and lives this morning. In Jesus' name.